0: You're listening to Airing Pain, brought to you by Pain Concern, a UK-based charity working to help, support and inform people living with pain and for healthcare professionals. I'm Paul Evans and this edition's been funded by an Awards for All grant from the Big Lottery Fund in Wales. In the last edition of Airing Pain, we heard a debate at the Welsh Pain Society annual scientific meeting. It explored the pros and cons of bringing pain services right into the community where patients live. Of course, Wales, just like England, Ireland and Scotland, has vast rural areas where for patients to just travel to a major centre is at best punishing and at worst impossible. So, Following up from that debate, I went along to a pain management programme at the Ystrad-Gunlice Community Hospital. Ystrad-Gunlice is a former mining village in the vast rural county of Powys. This is one of 18 community pain management programmes for people with chronic pain and or fatigue, run each year by the Pain and Fatigue Management Centre at Bronllys Hospital in Mid Wales. Pain Concern featured their three-week residential programme in Airing Pain No. 5. You can download that from Pain Concern's website, which is painconcern.org.uk. So, having let the participants settle down in week one, I joined them at the start of their second of eight weeks. But before meeting with them, I asked physiotherapist Gethin Kemp, one of the programme leaders, how important it is to have these pain and fatigue management courses within the community.
1: As you're aware, we run the uh, residential pain and fatigue management program at Bronfis, which is for people to come and stay with us. But there's an awful lot of people who've got lives to get on with who can't give up that time or can't, for whatever reason, be away from home for those kind of quite intense kind of courses. This enables people to, do is can't say it's on their doorstep, but at least access it close by where they can actually interact, uh, get some level of kind of management strategies under their belt so they can kind of carry on uh, having good quality of life but when they can't take the time or aren't able to take the time to come on a residential program it's also really important for the health professionals to be able to refer into that as well because people are at a loss of what to do because there are psychosocial components there's stress components there's all these other kind of components that sort of affect people in chronic pain and in chronic fatigue and our specialism is to help people with those particular issues where their moods are affecting them where their social interactions are affecting them all those kind of things and uh you know other therapies won't have the time or, or probably the skill set to be able to manage those in the way that we do
0: and another important thing to remember for those who don't know the geography of mm. wales as well mm. as you mm. and mm. i do mm. mm. powys is the largest geographical county in Certainly wales is, yes with the smallest population, I can't remember what the statistics are for the number of sheep to people, (laughs) but it's very, very high. So people have to travel vast distances Mm. with very little public transport to receive help. Yes,
1: and of course, finances are are quite an issue for people, because often the people with chronic pain, chronic fatigue have had to give up work, or certainly their earning potential for them has been curtailed.
0: That's Gethin Kemp, one of the leaders on the Community Pain and Fatigue Management Programme in Oestrid Gunlice in Mid Wales. One of the participants was Tony Williams.
2: I have reflex dystrophy sympathetic syndrome, which uh, I'm told to, uh, is basically like a form of MS. I have uh, pelvic spondiculitis, I have a uh, tenosynovitis of the right foot, and I have uh, the lower fourth and fifth discs, which aren't whole. Uh, causing sciatica and quite a lot of back pain
0: as well. That's quite a list. How long have you had these conditions?
2: Since 1996 this started.
0: Now that's 17 years. So 17 years on from that you're coming to a pain management programme. Yeah.
2: I was actually offered this up in Bronllus, um, but you had to stay for five days and then come home for the weekend with children being small even though I couldn't do much with them. I was still there. If they needed mommy, mommy was there. So when this program became available that I could go home, and can, yeah, I took the chance and I thought, well, why not? I've lived with it long enough. I need some, somebody to teach me how to live with this even longer because it's not going away.
0: That's interesting. You've come to learn how to live with it and not to be cured.
2: There's, if there was a cure, if there was a tablet or a procedure or an operation where I could go and be cured of everything and go back to work and live what's classed as a normal life, than I would because it's other people's perceptions. Because when you look at me, I don't look as if I've got anything wrong with me.
0: People who don't have a chronic pain condition will not really understand how pain impacts Mm, mm. on their whole life Mm. and that of the people around them, rather than just having a bad back. (laughs) I
1: suppose you could just liken it to being uh, insistently nagged (laughs) indefinitely. Uh, in a way that's gnawing away at you and again with the fatigue never feeling like you have got can generate the energy to be able to do uh, whatever it is that you want to do and that kind of gnawing and nagging away it's also associated with the loss of what you would like to be able to do And it's just associated with the fear of what that pain means. Because in the normal run of things, uh, pain and fatigue, as it happens, they're both emergency signals to say that something's wrong. So we're kind of uh, designed, if you like, to have a fearful response of pain and to uh, react to pain in a a very emergency uh, blue light flashing kind of way. And when that happens, of course everything gets put on hold, life gets put on hold, as we try to get rid of pain, we try to get rid of fatigue. And so people are just kind of trapped in this, in this ongoing cycle of it's taken over their life, it's taken over their mind. There's nothing much more to their existence because it's, just, it, it is their kind, it's become their life. And I don't mean that in any judgmental way, I just mean that in the, from, from a point of view of that um, it's kind of taken over. It's
2: affected my life in a big way. Everyday tasks, uh, getting out of bed in the morning, to um, normal everyday things that some of you with, you know, just gets up in the morning with a headache, can carry on with their daily routine in the house. To me, that's a huge chore just even thinking about it. It, it affects your mind as well, it plays tricks with your mind. Uh, trying to remember a simple thing like radiator. Just trying to remember, and you're looking at that that thing, and you just don't know what it's called. You cannot register in your mind that that is a radiator, and you need to get that out. That's so frustrating.
0: It's also very embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, it Particularly
2: is. with names. Yes, it is. Yes, you see some of you. You see a neighbour, a neighbour's friend is called. You know who they are. You know their name. You know where they live. You just don't know how to say it. You, you just cannot. The brain doesn't tell you what it is you need to say.
0: What do people around you, your friends and family, think you your condition?
2: I don't like the pity. They try to help, they try to understand, but nobody can understand what that pain is like, what the feeling is like, how alone sometimes you can feel. They don't understand. They can't understand because they're not living with the pain, they're not living in your body, so that, that's, that's a hard question.
0: In six weeks' time what would you like to have happened?
2: I would like to um, have a better perception of what I myself am able to do. Today it's been about pacing yourself, something whereas I've thought, I'll do it all in one day, and then tomorrow I'll rest. Now I realise I've been doing the wrong thing. So every time we come here, we are learning something new, which really, if you'd sat and thought about it, was just common sense. When you've got that constant pain, the concentration isn't there. All you want to do is finish the job that you've started to the best of your ability and rest. But today we've been taught little and often gives you two or three days of perhaps sitting down, talking to the children, talking to your neighbour, going for a little walk of the garden. That's what I'm hoping for at the end of this six weeks is a better quality of life for myself.
1: I'll speak to you again in six weeks.
2: Thank you very much.
1: It's important that people feel able to start moving again and moving in a way that they feel able to move so quite often people will have started doing exercise and actually come out flaring up their symptoms and actually having quite a horrible time with it so my primary role is helping people to move in a way that's enjoyable, relaxed and actually, believe it or not, pleasurable, and so that exercise becomes fun for them again and actually becomes sort of useful. So from my very much from my role, if you see what I mean, I'm trying to get them to sort of just get some some, some movement going. We would also be looking at, from an occupational point of view, and just kind of allowing people to be able to start a process of doing what they want to do, things like pacing activity, making sure that people can take breaks, or swap between activities in the right kind of way so that they're not overdoing. That also includes how much sense input people are getting etc because uh, you know often with more the fatigue end of things it's often not the physical aspect it's kind of like the mental stresses and the sounds and the noises and the other aspects so we, we we get people to be able to sort of pace manage their activities so they're not going through this big boom and bust boom and bust is where you know make hay while the sun shines followed by three or four days of crashing as it were so it, when people are booming and busting they've got a very kind of chaotic life so they, they can't plan anything um, so pacing is a very important part. That's one of the strongest practical strategies. And one of the most difficult. Pacing is actually one of the, the most difficult, partly because, you know, we, we start, I've started, so i will finished, that kind of driver that pe- that we have is, is actually very difficult to kind of... It's a very different way of, of, of running life. You know, it's about leaving jobs partially open. It's about having jobs based on position and particular physical activity rather than completing a set kind of workload which is how how we we kind of like to be because it's tidier if you know what I mean. It's task oriented. Yes yes that's right yes. The buzzword. So um, then we sort of uh, look at elements of relaxation I mean if people are in a fight or flight mode all the time their stress system is kind of running at a high kind of peak and longer term, which is a theory for chronic fatigue, it's not the only theory by any stretch of the imagination, but a theory is, is that kind of uh, stress response gets kind of uh, worn down over a period of time. So people's cortisol level doesn't tie in with activity anymore so effectively you feel awake when you don't need to and when it's time to prep for an activity you actually haven't got any energy because your body's timing systems aren't, aren't geared into that and it's all a bit depressed as well that kind of level of how your body kind of gets its arousal or doesn't it doesn't tie in with with how it should because it's gone a bit wonky basically so that's fatigue mm. What have we missed out? Elements of getting really good quality of sleep. Sleep's very important, as, as anybody who's not having it knows. Knowing and understanding sleep, understanding its cycles, understanding how to relax, all those kind of issues allow you uh, a better chance of getting good quality of sleep, which is one of the things that really... I think people's, if they were to measure quality of life, it's almost their quality of sleep in some respects. Very important aspect, of course, underlying this whole principle is the kind of, it's imbued with a uh, with a strong sort of psychological perspective. The way the biology of the brain works, the way the biology of pain works, basically, if you like, our pain signals and trundle up the spine and they go straight into the areas that are often associated with mood with threat and also with emotion and if we aren't on top of that uh, to use old terminology the kind of gateways are open for our pain to be kind of coming in that's that's quite old terminology but basically if people are in a low mood the unpleasantness of the pain gets them more if they're in a threat mode and they're f- focusing on the pain you'll tend to get the intensity will increase over a period of time so a lot of what we're looking at is how to in this acceptance business again how to be all right to have the condition uh, but also many ways of how to work on mood so that you've got some resilience the terminology is kind of emotional resilience so that when unpleasant stuff comes along you've got some ability to kind of bounce back from difficulties
3: i'm mia
0: and you're on the Chronic Pain Management Programme in Astrid Lysen, Powers. Yes. Could I ask you what condition you
3: have? I have chronic back pain.
0: And how long have you had
3: that? Uh, over four years now.
0: How has that affected you?
3: It's changed my life completely. I used to be very outgoing, doing what any normal youngster was doing, going out clubbing, partying, doing lots of exercise. And um, as soon as it happened, it all went downhill to the point where I had a six-year-old niece helping me dress because I couldn't put my shoes and socks on anymore, to not being in work, not being able to drive, constantly on medication, which has left me with a constant brain fart of (laughs) fog. I can't remember words half the time. How old are you? 31.
0: That has stopped you in your prime then, really?
3: Yes, it has. It's affected my relationships in my family with my partner I was lucky I only met him two weeks before my back went and I was very lucky he stuck with me but his life has also had to change to my needs my wants not so much as doing what he wants to do a lot of it is working around what I can do was physically possible with future marriage children it's all down to what can my body take In the future.
0: You're very lucky to have somebody who obviously loves you enough to put up with that. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yes, I have. I have asked him a few times why he's still here and I have given him the option to walk away. But I'm lucky enough he hasn't walked away and yes he does want to marry me.
1: (laughs) What happens with a condition is it kind of puts you into a role or you take on a role or a mantle of having a condition? And when people want to change, what they find is it's actually quite difficult to change because those around them have changed to reflect where they were. So the communication skills, so kind of assertiveness training and all those uh, kind of skills that we talk around, and just the ability to understand and self-reflect a bit more. Uh, We teach communication skills so people can start to renegotiate their boundaries because certainly if people have been cared for by other people, if you like, there's almost an over-dependence of, of the carer. You know, they, they they feel like they've got to care. So, it's like, well, how do you renegotiate that? How do you renegotiate and actually get your independence back?
3: He has got to always worry about what I am like, how I'm feeling. If we If we go somewhere, he will be constantly asking, are you OK? Can we do this? He will make sure I'm taking my medication on time and... If I need to take more medication, he would push me to say, you might, you might need to take more medication at this time, because we don't li- live together. It, it affects us when we see each other. You know I'd still let him lead his life, but because I don't go out as much and he still goes out, there's always the depressing fact, Will he meet somebody who is not ill and leave me for someone who is still able to do everything that you can do with that, you know, at 31 you should be able to go out and enjoy yourself I don't often do that now on very rare occasions
0: <laughs> That puts enormous pressure on a relationship.
3: Sometimes yes, you know, I, I always have the guilt feeling of should we be together am I ruining his life by him being with me can I provide him with children in the future, that's and because he really wants them, I really want them, we don't know if we can have them because I don't know if my body be able to take it. There's a lot of pressure there, especially for me, more than him, because he sometimes doesn't realise exactly some, what I can and can't do. You know, it's hard work trying to let, let him know I can't always do what I, what I want to do.
0: Now, you're at the start of this pain management programme. What were your expectations before you started?
3: I didn't have many expectations. I want to see what I'm capable of doing further down the line. After just one session, I went out for the whole weekend and I've noticed my pain, but haven't let it rule me. And even after one day, that's helped one session. Um, I'm hoping further on that I'll be able to manage my pain mentally and not having to rely on tablets because I want to come off them. So I'm hoping by the end of this... I might be close to being tablet free, especially within a year
1: People are in a, are in a mode where uh, their primary experience is, is suffering they 're in a state of suffering uh, that 's ongoing, it affects their mood, uh, so they feel uh, depressed. It has knock on effects is that their life becomes kind of quite chaotic. You know They have good days where they do lots and they 're followed by sort of crashing, what we call boom and bust where they, where they crash for a few days. Their mood drops, so they, depression is very common uh, with chronic pain uh, and chronic fatigue. There's some various other bits and pieces as well about what makes us boom and bust. People's drivers, perfectionism, wanting to please others, all those other bits and pieces. Those are the things that stop us being able to take time for ourselves and care for ourselves. You know, So we've got the feeling all right about ourselves, which is the resilience, but actually not having this demon on the shoulder sort of whipping us along and making us do things, even when there's nobody else asking us to do them, that's very important from a kind of management perspective
0: Let's go back to my Mm. management buzzword, task orientation Mm, mm. How do you get that out of somebody's system? I'm here to do an interview, Mm.
1: my neck is now aching, should Mm. I stop? Well you could have had a chat with me and uh, communicated with me that that was likely to happen and we could have actually paced it and actually said well every five minutes so we'll have a shift change position get a different sound location or something like that have a different ambiance, and we could have worked it in that way so that you could have shifted in between shifting we could have done some relaxed movement tuning into all the ways that we talk about how to relax but physically relax as well because mental relaxation is not necessarily the same as muscular relaxation so actually learning how to kind of muscle relax etc that's one of the things we do on the program too and just taking time out to kind of tune into something pleasurable bird song Take some deep breaths, etc. Just enjoy the air, the kind of pleasant weather that we're getting this time of the year.
0: Yeah, but that's taking away from me the fact that I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying Absolutely. talking to you. I'm enjoying the personal contact. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. want to be thinking. Right, let's take time out to meditate now between in, in this conversation because mm. it's taking
1: away something I'm yeah. enjoying. In which case, what you'd need to have done a lot of work on beforehand is practicing that so that becomes a, an automated response, if you see what I mean, so that your pacing and your grading just becomes part, you'll naturally shift your position, you'll actually naturally notice your kind of way that you're holding tension, etc., and you will actually have started to make the internal adjustments. I mean, But that would be after you'd done the program and be actually getting quite good at it at that point. But at the same time, I want to make it very, very clear that pain management programs cannot be a bolt-on to help people live a, a crazy lifestyle. We're not going to be sort of making it so that you can have paracetamol for your headache, but continue to bang your head against the wall, if you see what I mean. There's an element where habits will have to change.
0: That's getting Kemp one of the leaders on the Community Pain and Fatigue Management Programme held at Astragunlis Community Hospital in Mid Wales. As usual, I'll remind you that whilst we believe the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate and sound based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you and your circumstances and therefore the appropriate action to take on your behalf. Don't forget that you can still download all the previous editions of Airing Pain from painconcern.org.uk or you can obtain CD copies direct from Pain Concern. The contact details to make a comment about these programmes via our blog, message board, email, Facebook, Twitter or pen and paper are also at the website. And once again, that's painconcern.org.uk. And to learn more about the Bronchlee's Pain Management Centre, the community and residential programmes they run, go to their website, which is managingpain.org.uk. Once again, managingpain.org.uk. Okay, six weeks on, Tony. And Nia, can I just remind you, Tony, what you said six weeks ago? You said what I'm hoping for is a better quality of life.
2: And so far it has opened my eyes to pain management, how to cope with it daily, different methods, different medication, how to take them. It has changed the way I think about pain relief, pain management, and yes, I think it will giving me a different quality of life because I have realised that I've missed out on something that I I enjoy doing, which is painting.
0: Yeah, when I walked into the group this morning, you were showing around a watercolour.
2: Yes. When we came to the first meeting, we had the first meeting, we we were asked, you know, was there anything that we enjoyed doing that we wanted to do again, whether it be painting, writing, reading, you know, just socializing with friends and I thought, yeah, I used to paint. And I did one for my mum, which she loved. She's got it on her wall. And I brought in a photo of the painting I had done to show the group. And one of the gentlemen that's in the group, Steve, he he'd always wanted a painting of the sleeping giant.
0: The sleeping giant being
2: it's a mountain. <laughs> And I finished it for him this week and brought it in, and he's quite really happy.
0: Well, he was more than happy because I saw that and I heard him. But you started painting again Mm. because of this group.
2: Yes, this group hasn't only brought to mind to look at maybe we are all capable of just a little bit more if we tried. You've got to know your limits. You don't do anything that's going to hurt you because there's pointless coming here if you're going to do exercises or do anything that's going to put you back three weeks. But by pacing myself, which I learned in the group, and an understanding of my illnesses, I have done it. And I've really, really enjoyed it, and I'll be doing more.
0: Nia, if I can remind you of what you said all those weeks ago. First of all, you talked about it having affected the relationships with your family and your partner. Have they changed?
3: Not as much as I would have hoped. My partner still thinks it's a bit funny, me coming here. But when I actually sat him down and told him, this is what we do, he said, well, you should have told me earlier and I would have had more understanding of what you actually do on the, on the group. So by me actually communicating, which I learnt on the, on the programme, how to communicate with my partner and my family, he understands, but I'd like a bit more out of him. But that is just me communicating more. So I've learned communication is important.
0: So the communication problem wasn't him not understanding, but you not talking to him?
3: Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because I don't always want to burden him with my problems. I've learned through the programme that it's, it's OK to share with him how I'm feeling and just to pass on sorry, some knowledge of the programme to him so he has a better understanding what I'm actually going through and what benefits I am. Having gone on the group, because he would he would say, "Oh, you go into therapy." I said, "It's not an AA meeting," <laughs> but by me telling him, "Look, this is what we do. This is what we learn learning and how to have, for me learning this, we will have a better quality of life when we get married and have a future together." So he's slowly understanding it, but it's a process we we both have to go through together, and it's not going to be. Achieved in eight weeks. It's a process that's going to happen through our lifetime together of us talking about what's going on with my symptoms and how we can best manage it together, not just me managing always on my own.
0: Can I just remind you of the words you said to me six weeks ago? Uh, you said, I'm hoping that I'll be able to manage my pain mentally and not have to rely on tablets. By the end of this pain management programme, I want to be close to being tablet free.
3: I'm not close to being tablet free, but this programme has taught me I can become tablet free. But eight weeks was a silly time to limit myself to trying to come off all my medication in one swoop. It's going to take a lot longer, but I'm making the progress of booking appointments with one of the advisors to be able to manage. It's not going to be done in eight weeks. I've learned to realise that it is a long process to actually wean yourself off all your tablets. But I'm OK with that. I've learned to accept that nothing can be done over a short space of time.
0: Is that part of the programming, if you like, that you learn to manage your expectations?
3: Yes, yes, we have learned to manage our expectations. And being all right saying, no, it's not for me... I need to look after myself more. The programme has helped a lot with being able to mentally manage
2: your process.
0: Tony, would you recommend this programme to other people?
2: Yes, I would. When it first started, the first day I came, I thought, what am I doing here? But if I hadn't have come here, I wouldn't have met the bunch of people that are here because I've come with... Knowing nobody, but gone with a load of friends.
0: Another thing I notice is that there's a lot of laughter in here, even some smutty jokes. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Because we've got to know each other very well. We've all got the same symptoms, if not the same illnesses. We're all here for the same reason. And it's good to laugh. So we have got to know each other, and I'm going to miss everybody. It's the last day today, and I am going to miss not coming in on a Friday and meeting everybody up.
0: Do you think that that will be a problem?
2: No, because I'm sure we'll all see each other, whether it be in passing, in shopping, in town. We'll all see each other, but the teachers, they're all on the end of the phone. So you're not on your own, you're not on your own. It's the last day for us to come here and meet you. But we won't be on our own.
0: And you all get invited back in three months' time? Yes, we do, yes.
2: Party.
3: Party.
2: <laughs> Can't wait. They trip out. <laughs> yeah.